0: Hey there, AJ Cordero here, a co-host on the Hockey Flow. I've been podcasting since 2007, and I've seen many changes over the years. But the best one has been the introduction of Anchor. And here's why. It's because it's easy and it's free. Seriously, I've spent so much time, money, and effort to get something at this level back in the day. Now, with a push of a few buttons, all that time, money, and energy are spent producing the show rather than distributing it. Now, you might not think you need a podcast, and hey, maybe you don't. don't think of a podcast just as a way to get your news, sports, and entertainment fixes. It can be a way to tell your family's stories, shine a light on your hobbies and communities, go in-depth for a love of your team, or discuss how to change the world. The possibilities are limitless. Anchor provides creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They also distribute your podcast so you can be heard on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and every player that supports an RSS feed. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum requirement on the size of your audience. Don't waste a second. Download the free Anchor app on your smartphone today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it. Seriously. The world is waiting to hear your story. This is the Hockey Flow. It brings to you the best on the ice and I get the privilege of bringing you the best commentators in the game. And that's Adam Boucher and Marco D'Amico. Of course, you can find Adam Boucher at on Twitter at really Adam B and Marco D'Amico at The Hockey Expert. And of course, you can check out his amazing work at ScrimmageStats.com. Go and check that out. There's a ton of great stuff including uh how many picks was it Marco that you got correct in the draft uh, on the top 6? Like top you got, six, na- I got nailed it. You got the
1: top 6. It was the first You got the top 6 and then it was like the first 12 of the almost. The
0: first 11 nine of the first 11. So yeah, you're, you're, don't waste your time. Go and read scrimmagesstats.com. Be a better hockey educated person rather than the boomers who keep raiding, uh, different media outlets around the city and telling them their hot takes on the world of hockey. But these are not hot takes. These are nice, cold, perfect for the ice. And we are, i it's my privilege again to bring you Marco and Adam. So Marco and Adam, let's start it off. We have a lot of trades to discuss, lots of signings. Uh, we have even a hint of what the uh, this season might start, but let's start off with the uh, trades, shall we? So uh, Adam, what do you want to start off with?
2: um we should jump right into the trades As uh, so since last week since our last show there was actually a bunch of trades oh, we're, we'll yeah. get in as oh, of yeah. now uh i think we should start with the ryan murray trade uh from columbus to new jersey for a fifth rounder yeah
1: well, i mean that's a cap dump if i've ever seen one um i think we know exactly why this happened i think it's it's a pretty obvious thing uh, Columbus needed the cap space. Uh they were supposedly 4.6
0: million of it. Pardon? 4.6 million of it, right? Yeah,
1: I mean this isn't the first this isn't the only time we're going to mention uh Columbus, I think in in this segment. So, yeah, they they absolutely needed to uh they absolutely needed to move out that money. Um I thought that perhaps they could have moved out another player, but I do understand ultimately that uh you know, you had to move Murray because he's always injured. Um, you know, there's a problem in that regard for, for the blue jackets who play a very physical style. And then you just have Ryan Murray who consistently just gets injured. I think this year he got injured, came back Ooh. and got injured the first game he was back.
0: But what is in the game? Something I, I read about this, getting my research, I mean, like he's had like, he's missed like 35% of his first five NHL seasons. Yeah. That's an insane stat. And, and, to be on IR? Like, I'm not knocking the guy. Like, the guy is a great I mean, kid from not, Regina.
1: NHL players are. I,
0: well, yeah, sorry. No, I love you, Murray. Mr. Murray. We love you. Come on the show. Uh, tell your side of the story. But, but no, like, 35%. That's, that's a lot. It
1: sucks for this guy. And again, like, this is... The, he was drafted second overall, right right before Galchenyuk and right after Yakupov. And it's really unfortunate because that was a really good draft for defensemen. Like, Truba, uh, Lindholm, uh, geez... Uh, Dumba, I could keep going. 2012 was a pretty solid draft for everything but forward. So it it sucks for Columbus. Uh, He was supposed to be an integral part of their defense. Uh, It didn't work out, unfortunately. Thankfully, they they do have uh, a player in Gavrikov that can take over. But for New Jersey, if he can stay healthy, uh, this is a solid top four defenseman. Uh, He really comes out and rounds out the game. If they can pair him with P.K. Subban, uh, I think... You know they could really kind of balance out those two those two players because one is just very good defensively and the other one is just a vividly strong offensive player or was or is depending on who you are. Adam, I don't, I don't like. I I thought this was a solid calculated risk. I personally thought though that they would try to hone in on a right defenseman. Like I I thought that they would want to go for Nate Schmidt eventually once Petrangelo... Did sign with Vegas, but they felt they needed more help on the left side, which is, you know, for me, it's a little confusing because they have, you know, they have Ty Smith coming in. Uh, they just drafted Shakir Uh They went and uh, traded for Kevin Ball uh, in the Taylor Hall trade. So they have a plethora of left defensemen. Uh, so I think what they want to do is kind of hold those guys down Uh, And make them play, I believe, the farm teams in Albany. Um, Make them play in the AHL uh, and really kind of grow. So I like this move. It's a low-risk move. He's a free agent at the end of the year. uh, Well, at the end of the season that's coming up. Uh, So no risk. I like it.
2: And for a fifth rounder, it's almost a free Ryan Murray on your team for for the next year. Um, What I didn't really understand was it was a cap dump for columbus so they were, they were freeing 4.6 million on their their cap yep. space um everyone everyone thought it was going to be for cap space to resign dubois which I mean, we haven't ongoing. heard about yet it's ongoing but there's still columbus was still in the rumors for hall they're still in the rumors to sign another yeah, big agent forward one so thing
1: to maybe consider is that they freed themselves from the threat of an offer sheet on dubois as well Because remember, Dubois is not eligible.
2: Because they have some cap room. Yeah.
1: For arbitration. So the longer he's not signed, the more likely he can be targeted for an offer sheet.
2: Yeah. Um, With that being said, I think we we should jump to the next trade on the list, which was. uh, Paul Stash going back to
0: Woo-hoo. Winnipeg. After a short stint with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, you know, he had that chemistry going with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, but that's been blown up in exchange for Carl Dostrom and a 2022 fourth-round pick. Yeah.
2: And that's another cap dump for, yeah. for yeah. Vegas. Yeah. One year left on
0: the contract, right? It makes yeah, sense. But
1: it, it also goes to show you that they couldn't get what they wanted for Patrick Laine or Nikolai Ehlers, right? Those were two guys that were on the trade bait board uh, as early as three weeks ago uh at the top mind you like in the top 10 of the players likely to be traded they didn't move uh and that's probably because no one's w- was willing to give that much for wingers right now seeing like there's still a hoffman a grandland uh a dadanov you know on, on the market right now that are probably going to sign for far less than market value so i think gms were not in the market for similar kinds of, of players now if you talk about a guy like josh anderson well there was only one player really that resembled that kind of style, and it was Tyler defoley And they signed for they're they're on the same team now, so it's kind of ironic. Um, yeah, AJ's uh, thumbs thumbs up. Um, I think what it does. When do we
0: get happy in this market? I could be happy about I mean, that. Is, uh, we'll we'll talk. We'll get, get that. to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get to that. that. We'll
1: get on, right on that soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, to me, I like this move for Vegas because it does free up cap. One thing that nobody's talked about is this, this allows Cody glass to ease into the lineup next season on, uh, you know, in a top six role, if, if possible. Yeah. And, and where, you know, that's where he started last year and they saw, they saw that he was slowing down, which is normal. Rookies always hit a wall. Like there's no super rookie. They always at one point or another hit a wall, no matter how talented they are. Um, So I, I like this move for, Winnipeg, I feel like this is a stopgap and it's a a good stopgap because I think that Cole Perfetti could possibly be ready for the NHL next year. And they also have David Gustafsson that can come in and kind of shelter the role. So they have two young centers here uh, that could potentially uh, come in and add some significant depth. So I like where Winnipeg is going. There's a little bit of a retool going on and uh, I think it's smart on their end. The only thing I will say is I'm less than happy or impressed with what they've done to improve their defense. That's all I, I would add.
2: Almost nothing. I mean, they've signed no, Bollier. They signed Debello, they...
1: Which is, which was good. I, I was very happy that they got that done before free agency. Cause he would have been sought after for sure. Uh, he's an analytics darling. Um, but ultimately, like I said, it's status quo. There was, there is no improvement. Uh, unless you factor in the inclusion of Vinny Hainala, uh when the season starts, so I thought they could that they stood a chance to do that. They decided to go and get a center that makes six point five million dollars
2: to get back a center <laughs> they had before. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah, so not not much change on on the Winnipeg on the Winnipeg front. Um, next, a, a minor trade maybe Austin Watson going to Ottawa. Ottawa needs forwards. They had
1: Ottawa needs. Contracts.
2: Yeah, they need they contracts. The they need roster players.
0: Yep. Um, how much so is that, that? How much is that contract worth? Is like something like a million and change or 1. something. One point five.
2: Okay. One point five. Yeah.
1: So and they, go- um, I think it was the Nashville Predators signed Nick Cousins to a one point five million dollar contract. So it evens out. Austin Watson. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about being
2: counters. Going to be count. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, not um, much on, for that trade. Not much on that end. Well, I mean the um, 2021 fourth round pick. Yay!
2: <laughs> yeah, for Nashville. So not
0: much on that end. <laughs>
2: uh, next up, we had um, a bigger trade. We had the the Blackhawks getting Zadorov and Lindholm for Brandon Saad. They've now traded okay. Brendan Saad twice, right?
1: Yeah, and I believe there was a Dennis a, Gilbert, a, Gilbert as well, right? Gilbert, yeah. yeah, there was Gen- Dennis Gilbert. Gilbert, sorry. Who I well. think is
2: just his rights because he's. Uh, Oh no! It's a it's a scratch from Lin home for Gilbert. Yeah, basically what happened. So Brendan Saad getting traded by the Blackhawks once again. What do you think about about that Jay Marco? I, mean,
1: I don't like this necessarily from Chicago's perspective. For if you're just looking at player versus player, like Zadorov is you know a number five number four but potentially could be a number four in that lineup physical um you know kind of contrasts the style of play that uh duncan keith or calvin dehan play on the left-hand side um and again he's a restricted free agent so he's a controllable asset brandon sad six million dollars set to be an unrestricted free agent uh, i think the writing was on the wall uh drafting another winger and lucas reichel in the first round having young players uh like Debrinkit, Kurishev, uh Hagel, uh, Highmore coming up. These are all guys that will probably take those spots. So I I understand why it was done, but the better team on paper now is the Colorado Avalanche. In my opinion, they got a a 20 goal scoring 50 goal, you know, like this is the perfect guy to play right behind Landeskog on a second line. Like they they just your second line can now become Sad, Kadri, and Burakovsky, which is a great second line. So I, I, I don't know. I think Joe Sakic did well here in in utilizing the cap space he refused to spend on Taylor Hall and going to get something that's both short term and much less risk.
2: Yeah, he got Chicago to retain a million off of Sad's contract. Yeah, and he,
1: exactly. It's true, and it's a, only a five million dollar yeah. cap hit.
0: Yeah, so some of it's retained by. But Chicago, yeah. isn't
1: Chicago,
0: it? Yeah, nice. That's good. It's good, good stuff from Mr. Sacker over there. Uh, so, where are we going to next on this list of awesomeness?
2: Well, then we had uh, New Jersey getting Andreas Johnson from uh, from Toronto for Joey Anderson. So, AG so A G for J. J. Yeah,
1: a little bit. Like it's obviously like the salary is completely. It's it's m- mostly just you know the Devils taking it on again. Andreas Johnson is a good top nine forward. Potentially playing the top six, uh, but again, you're adding more creative offensive players to a top six that was barren uh, last year uh, outside of Gusev and Palmieri, right? Like th- that was it for me, and they they traded a lot of the rest. I don't know if they're going to keep Palmieri after this year, so getting a guy that's a controllable asset and signed to a pretty decent contract makes sense. Uh, on the flip side I think Toronto got a pretty solid prospect in Joey Anderson like right, I, I remember you talking about
0: him on the show like he, he's a legit prospect here
1: He's a legit prospect like I don't think he's going to be like a game-breaking player but he's going to be a guy that's going to play in your middle six and provide good value I think this is a solid trade from the Toronto Maple Leafs I hate to say it and it is what it is but that's a good piece of business from Toronto like they you look at all these other cap dumps and They all got like futures and like late futures with like no development time. Whereas Toronto was able to trade Janssen for a player that's probably going to play for them next year. So power to them, good on them. And there's good growth potential for a winger like that because they have a strong center line. So works for me and congrats to to Anderson. Uh, But I think Andreas Janssen playing with one of Hesher Hughes is going to be pretty good.
2: Yeah. And uh, so up next, uh, we had Devin Tays being traded by uh, the Islanders for two second rounders, one in 2021, one in 2022. Uh, and it was actually a signing rates.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he hasn't even he hasn't signed his contract yet. So he's still an RFA. Um, I like this very much, very much for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, this is a top four defenseman in the making. Uh, he played great for Barry Trotz over the last two years, a defenseman that took his time to get where he had to get. But uh, I think Barry Trotz saw his strengths and was able to utilize them to the maximum capacity. Um, I think what this does is it puts the brakes on this idea that Bowen Byram is going to jump in in a top four role as a 19-year-old for a contending Colorado Avalanche. I think what this does is that it brings a different kind of respectability to the left side. Um, And what I mean by that is they have Samuel Girard. That's going to get the top pairing minutes at five on five. You have Ryan Graves that you can put either on your second or third pairing that they just resigned for, I believe another two or three years at $3 million a year. And then now you add Devin Tays on the left side. Like, yo, you're sitting pretty like you, your left side is essentially minute munching defenseman that can be played in whatever situation. And then on your right side, you have Eric Johnson and Kale McCart, and then you could put Connor Timmins or Ian Cole in that slot, like go crazy, but they have a ridiculous amount of depth all throughout their lineup right now, except in net.
0: Can we talk about the other side of the trade for the Islanders? I mean, obviously this this is a clear cap space move. We knew that Taves had filed for arbitration as well. Um yeah.
1: And he was going to get a solid race.
0: <laughs> I think that was the case, right? But I mean, obviously, you have to look at this situation, right? Because they needed the money to sign other players like Matt Barzal, um, Ryan Pulak. What I mean, one of the names in the tri- trade talks is Johnny Boychuk. What do you think is the reality in that situation at all?
1: I think Johnny Boychuk, similarly to what we've seen with um, Stasny, uh, I guess what we're going to talk about soon with Schmidt, it just makes sense that you move what you have in abundance already. I mean, it like, feels like a Lula Morello
0: trade, right? Like if, right. It, I mean, tough it's decision made on a Monday afternoon. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's a hundred percent a Lula Morello trade. Um, I'm just surprised you didn't get a boom coming the other way with those two second round picks or anything. Um, no, what I, I think what I enjoy and I think what, what is really cool about this is they have Noah Dobson that was literally a spectator all season. All season, this guy just watched. There would be a fire in Montreal if they did the same thing with Noah Dobson or Romanov this year, for example. And and I think the same thing would apply uh, for Toronto fans if if Rasmus Sandin was just meant to watch an entire season from the stands. He's that kind of prospect. He's an elite. He's one of the top 10, 20 um, defensive prospects in the NHL. Like This is a guy that was picked, I believe... Uh, 11th or 12th overall. I forget because New York Islanders had a back-to-back picks in 2018, but he's a legit player that can play either the left or right-hand side. And now he's going to get some prime minutes playing for Barry Trotz. This is their future number one defenseman. So, you know, they're going to have Apple opportunity. Uh, there's another defenseman by the name of Bodie Wild, uh, who was in and out of the lineup and then sent back to Saginaw uh, for the playoffs that never really happened because of the pause. So they have two young defensemen. That they can bring into their lineup. And they're not done. There are other defensemen on the market that they can sign at minimum salary that can come in as well once they've traded a guy like Boychuk. So ultimately, I think Boychuk's gonna wind up in Ottawa or Detroit, you know, like you know, Cap Graveyard. Um, but to me, I think that the Islanders' priority is Barzell, their system cannot function without Matt Barzell, so they have to do whatever they can to make sure Matt Barzell is still on this team and Ryan Pollock is still on this team. That, that is the priority. If those two can stay, uh, they can sacrifice a veteran, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and uh, you hinted towards our last trade. We're going to talk about today, Nate Schmidt getting traded to Vancouver for a third rounder.
0: Finding out while sitting in a truck in, on his uncle's farm in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Did you read about that? I mean, It was it was a... Look, it was a cr-
1: yeah, I heard about this. It's, it's all, an, I, I mean... What a great... Great individual, Nate Schmidt is like. I, did you hear that interview? What up? I
0: can't what a class. Okay, okay, so I, to I, you okay. Just a hint: what Marco was talking about. He he didn't just talk about his career. He talked about how Vegas needed to heal after the the October first, twenty seventeen mass shooting uh, that happened on the Vegas Strip, and it was. Honestly, you kind of forget that like there are humans behind these players because <laughs> like, can, we can be very kind of like objective and deliberative, But like Nate's words were so wonderful to hear. Like like we healed together. Like you know the fabric of the community, and you could tell like this wasn't just something else for him. He really meant it.
1: Yeah, and 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 again, like character wise, I love this player. Uh, on ice performance, uh, a little up and down, but average statistically, a very good top four defenseman. So. I think this is a good trade. Nay, I think this is a great trade for the Canucks. There's risk involved because he is signed to like six million dollars for the next four plus years. Um, so there is risk, and if he's he twenty nine. So yeah, if he doesn't fit or it doesn't work, uh, there could be problems there because then the Canucks would be on the on 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 the books to have to move someone like that. Um, but I think this is a phenomenal fit. I think this is a guy that's going to line up perfectly with Quinn Hughes and it'll push Tyler Myers down to the second pair where he belongs. Um, It also kind of makes the Tyler Myers signing a little redundant now, right? Like, I don't know. Um, But it also allows for Tyler Myers to potentially kind of, you know, form a pair with Alex Edler or newly signed prospect uh, Rathbone uh, so that, you know, it, it really changes the, the dynamics um, I feel like they lost, you know, Stetcher, they lost uh, Tanev, Toffoli didn't resign, so they had to make a move uh, to really at least shore up the forward or defense position. They chose defense. Uh, you know, it's a, it's it's good to be patient, uh, but let me tell you that things were not pretty in Canuckland prior to that trade. They were ready to burn the place down, so <laughs> good on Jim Benning uh, for uh I guess, helping out a divisional rival, but benefiting from it greatly.
2: And even now, I mean, they're not done. They're just, they just, they have just under 2 million in cap space. They still have Vertan and they still have debt to sign, which are two RFAs. Yeah, I think they have
1: um, a salary, which is unfortunate.
2: Yeah, so they, that's where the Tyler Myers contract at 6, six million really hurts yeah. them, right?
1: A great point, Adam. Because there's something to take into consideration. Next summer, now that they've anointed Thatcher Demko, their one B goalie, with Braden Holtby, they have Demko, Patterson, and Hughes to sign. Combined, that's going to be over twenty million. So I just, or it's going to be twenty million, in my opinion. I think it's going to wind up being eight, eight, four, or a combination or an average of such. Uh, so the Canucks. Have to be smart on the way they use their money Something that they haven't And I don't mean this as an insult to Canucks fans But it's something that Jim Benning has proven not to be so good at Especially when you factor in Ericsson makes $6 million Sutter makes $4.3 million Beagle and Roussel make $3 million These are all like marginal players So Again Once all these contracts expire And they focus on their youth and signing their youth This is going to be a team that the West is going to have to fear
2: Yeah that's it for trades oh, so that was it for i, for, I think for i think that's it for trades let's head to Does
1: signings begin signing Signings. Signings.
0: signing signing <laughs> signing signing
1: by the way aj this is the part where everybody turns off the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so
0: right, is that just because we're talking signings or because i did that because you did that see i i got good feedback signings, from it i, signings, I don't think signings. i don't think you listened to the previous you got set. feedback for that? yeah If
1: anybody's listening to this, if you enjoyed what AJ says every time there's a signing, do it again, AJ.
2: (laughs) Try, 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 try. Sign, sign,
0: sign, sign.
1: Please DM me
0: personally. I don't think you listen. I think Marco just revealed he doesn't listen to the episodes back.
1: Of course I do. I just didn't know there was feedback. (laughs) Did you hear the sound effects on it? Oh, okay. No, I thought you meant like listener feedback.
0: No, no, no. Okay. So listen back to the episode and you'll hear that there's
2: there's sound effects.
1: (laughs) Oh, right, listen, yeah. they weren't they weren't they weren't <laughs> it for the whole haul. Nobody was impressed. <laughs> anyway, let's let's do this. So, let's look at the signings.
2: Yeah, we hinted to, towards Josh Anderson. I think we was, we should start with uh, with his contract. He got 7 years at 5.5 million cap it um total of 38.5 million.
1: I feel like Go ahead, Marco. They're paying him for what they think he could be. I think it's as simple as that. If he could be a 2025 50-point 60 point we'll see I I really don't know goal scorer then yes statistically speaking if you look at his seasons and his growth he's an excellent 5 on 5 goal scorer uh and last year was an aberration because he kept coming in and out of the lineup uh due to his shoulder he just he he injured his shoulder early came back you know couldn't handle it the pre, you know the, the the physicality was too much on the shoulder In and out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup, and then finally they determined surgery was the only way. And so when we look at his previous numbers and you factor in the shoulder, things are a little iffy. Now, the information that's come out is that Josh Anderson either wanted a one-year contract or a long-term commitment. If he would have taken the one-year contract, it would have taken him straight to free agency. That was a risk that Kekalainen was not ready to make, so he traded him to Montreal. Problem is he gave the same type of contract to Max Domi, who can now walk into unrestricted free agency after his two-year contract. Montreal, on the other hand, got assurances. Uh, And so seven years, $5.5 million for a guy that skates, is that big, and shoots, right-handed shot, and can play on your power play. Um, A lot of people will be like, oh, you know, he scored one goal last year. Um, I think Josh Anderson has more power play goals over the last three years than Brendan Gallagher does. So, like, let's just calm down. And now the Canadians have two of the best right wing scorers at five on five in Josh Anderson and Brendan Gallagher over the last three seasons. So what does this tell me? The Canadians just wanted assurances and they got it. Ultimately speaking, if this were a continuously rising cap, I think this would be a really good deal. But because it's a flat cap in the first two seasons. Yeah, but again, there's a lot of risk in the signing. And as we've said time and time again, we praise GMs for being solid and having really good signings in the past. And then we also praise GMs for giving too much money to players and risk not paying off. There, For every, uh, I don't know, uh, Erickson, there's a McKinnon. Uh, for every Michael Matheson uh, or Aaron Ekblad, perhaps, uh, depending on how sour you are, uh, there's going to be a, a Nathan McKinnon or a Brandon Gallagher contract you know like so it pays sometimes to go long term and lower the, the average annual value uh, but you know we'll see we have to see how he's going to be utilized and I think he's going to be utilized in almost every way possible
2: yeah and then the next big signing we wanted to talk about was Jacob Markstrom going to Calgary 6 years 6 million annual average so um,
1: I don't know yep. about you. Cap hit seems fine. The term, oh, that yeah. term. And and bear in mind, like the Calgary Flames have Dustin Wolf, who won the goaltender of the year again in the WHL. Like this is their goalie of the future, and now you just sign a goalie for six years. Like this is Bobrovsky level confusing.
2: When That's a 30-year-old goalie signing for six years, $6 years 6000000 cap hit. Yeah, like, and, yeah,
1: and further to that point, you know, you, you mentioned his age, but when the season starts, he'll be 31. Like, this deal yeah. ends when this, when this man is going to be 37 years old, making $6 million. Like, I, I, I applaud the Canucks for letting him go because there's no way they should have given him this money. And he's got a no-movement clause which means he had to be protected. Something the Canucks should not have conceded in any way, shape, or form because Thatcher Demko and, to a lesser degree, Michael DiPietro are the future goaltenders of that franchise. So Calgary, I guess, had a reactionary signing and it backfired. I think it's going to backfire. I think this is going to be an Albatross contract by year three or four. My personal opinion.
2: And Vancouver got... Uh, on the flip side, they signed Brayden Holdby to $4.3 million, uh two-year contract.
1: That was really good insurance. Uh, you know, Holby hasn't been, like, it, it, yes, Holdby won the Stanley Cup. Yay. But he's been rather average over the last three years. Rather average. Like, if you look at those statistics, he was under 900 uh, at some points over the last two years. So, not exactly uh, heartwarming uh, numbers. But again, he's there as a mentor for Thatcher Demko, who is the goalie of the future, and he could be exposed in the expansion draft by the Vancouver Canucks next year, uh, potentially opening up the door to go to Seattle, which you don't mind me saying,
2: that'd be a pretty, good, pretty good number
1: one goalie to have Yeah, just out there. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a smart signing by the Vancouver Canucks.
2: Then we have we had another goalie signing. Uh, this time, Corey Crawford moving to New Jersey for two years, three point nine million dollars.
1: I think that's an excellent deal. Um, it's, is is it is it Wedgewood? No. Um, I'm, there, there's so many goalies that I have to think about New Jersey now. But um, hmm, they, they, it
2: was yeah. They have a younger goalie coming up. I forget his name. I, mean, I'm, um, I,
1: just, I should know this off. The um, top of
2: my head. Blackwood
1: there you go yeah Mackenzie Blackwood um, and yeah. and so yeah with Blackwood now they have a veteran coming you know with him to kind of guide him through the ins and outs of playing in the NHL and, and lighten the load this is a guy who was really strong to end the year last year and so you bring in a veteran goalie to lighten the load along with the additions you've made on defense and at offense and I think this is a really solid signing again for the New Jersey Devils
2: Yeah. And then we had the biggest, one of the biggest signings so far, Tory Krug signing with Saint Louis, mm-hmm. a seven-year contract, six point five million annual average.
1: Yeah. So again, perfect AAV. Not convinced on the on the term. Uh, Krug, I believe, is going to be twenty nine, thirty at the end of this at the end of the season. Uh, but twenty nine is, is, is off yeah. the top of my head what I remember. Or, yeah, he's, exactly. 29, he's twenty nine. yeah. he's a year younger yeah. than I am. So he'll be 30 at the start of next year. A 5'9 player with not exactly fantastic skating for seven years. This is a reactionary trade, uh, reactionary signing to losing Petrangelo. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. However, Cory Krug fits a need for, for the St. Louis Blues because even prior to Petrangelo leaving, they had really questionable left defensive depth. Vince Dunn was playing first pair. Uh, for a long time and they even had to put Petrangelo on the left hand side because just none of their left defense could cope with playing top pair minutes so it makes sense now that Petrangelo was gone they had to address that so now their first pairing could either be, Kr- could probably be Krug-Pareko and then yeah. you have Vince Dunn sliding on the second line or a second pair with, sorry, Justin, Falk. with Justin Falk and then yeah. you have Perunovic that they signed out of the NCAA that can come in and play on the third pair now with no pressure so I think this and, is a good signing, organizationally speaking. I mean, it's yeah. just not sold on that term.
0: Let me ask you, on the other no. end of this trade, mm-hmm. because he's leaving Boston for this, what do you think Don Swinney has to do to sort of shore up that defense now? That Because that hole is now in it.
1: He's got to get another left, an offensive left defense. The, the, the name has
0: been like, has been floated around as Mackenzie Weger. What, what do you think about that?
1: Weger is an option, also uh, linked to the Leafs. Gostas <laughs> is a guy I see making sense in Boston. Goss makes sense. He signed $4 million and Brandon Carlos had made a career out of making Tory Krug look good. Put him with, with ghost and maybe ghost looks much better than he has with the Philadelphia Flyers.
0: I mean, it's not like they don't have answers internally. I mean, like Charlie McAvoy already will can step up on.
1: Well, I mean, Charlie McAvoy is the reason that the, they the,
0: exactly right. Like we, we, we,
1: what I'm saying could... is beyond that on the second pair, I think you still need a puck mover. Uh, and I think Gossesburg fits that build because right now there's maybe Lausanne that you could put there, but Vakaninen is not an, a, a, a puck moving defenseman of what's the word I'd be looking for? Of dynamic proportions. So maybe, you know, gambling on a guy like Ghost would make sense for, you know, like a sixth or fifth round pick, seeing as Philadelphia wanted to clear space. <laughs>
2: And yeah, following up, we had a couple signings by Toronto. We had Wayne Simmons going in one year, 1.5 million. And we had TJ Brody going in for four years at 5 million.
1: I think the Simmons deal is self-explanatory. I think we can just move on, right? Like third liner there to rough people up when someone gets injured because good Lord, the amount of gifts that were made online of Toronto Maple Leafs player getting absolutely washed and then just players just skating by, not even touching the the offending opposing player. Like, yeah, Simmons Petrie
2: hit. Yeah,
1: exactly. Petrie yeah. hit Matthews just skating yeah. by. Yeah, so I think I think this makes sense. TJ Brody, however, <laughs>
0: hmm. Yeah.
1: Analytically speaking, great move. Uh, however, another lefty. So <laughs> they're gonna have five lefties in their top six. Um, I think he will bring stability. To that defense, I think he brings an aspect that they lack uh, that only really Jake Muzzin brought, which was just kind of like the defensive prowess. They have a lot of offensive defensemen. They have a lot of offensive defensemen coming up. Uh, I think this just really helps to shore everything up. And ultimately, I think what it'll do is it'll take a little bit of the pressure off uh, guys like Dermott, uh, guys like uh, uh, Sandine, once they're integrated into the lineup. Um, and I think the the defenseman that stands the most to benefit from playing with him is probably going to be Morgan Riley. So five years, uh, is it four years, 5 million, four years, 5 million. I mean,
2: it's four years, yeah, yeah, four
1: years, 5 million, 5 million. It's Toronto as a, as a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, we always have to overpay for the talent. So I could relate and I can understand. Um, I probably would have stopped at 4.5, but if, if you're really like, this is one of the better defensemen in this pool in terms of, actual playing of defense. Um, so yeah, good on the Leafs. I think this is a solid signing and it really helps to address a major concern, structurally speaking for the team. Do
0: you think it's the only reason is that because he was the only free agent option available to the Leafs? Cause I heard that. It was
1: No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think they were kicking the can at other players. Like but... who,
0: like Alex Pichangelo? Like who are we think about?
1: No, I, I and Dubas said it like I, I was never close to Pachangelo and, and he should never have been. Have we not learned what the John Tavares signing did for that franchise. Like, no, stop. Build through your youth, recycle your access assets, and sign value players at the right time. That's what they did. I like what Dubas has done this summer.
2: Yeah, and then if, if we jump ahead um, to a bigger signing, even we had uh, Taylor Hall signing with Buffalo on a one-year, 8 million contract.
1: Taylor Hall sold out. I'm yeah. gonna say
2: he got paid, son. That. That's not Sully. Exactly. Get paid,
1: but but Taylor Hall says I'm gonna take less money to win. Colorado Avalanche offers him a six million dollar deal over two years. He turns it down. You had no better chance to make a buttload of money and win and win and hit the market once the cap starts re increasing and escrow goes down to bank on your last contract instead he takes a one-year deal to go and play with jack eichel with no defensive responsibilities whatsoever because no one plays defense in buffalo except for rasmus dahlin and what you think you're gonna win in buffalo their number one goalie i think toronto has three better goalies now than 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 buffalo
0: well, i mean he put out a statement i mean i know everyone puts out a statement but like you don't think ralph kruger has it in the in the in the chips to make this happen for them
1: Oh, it is Ralph Kruger. They released a, the Buffalo Sabres released the video of that conference. Ralph Kruger was the one who sweet talked it and good, good. The fact that Buffalo was able to do that good for them, but this is going to be a Jeff Skinner situation for them where they're going to have a player. That's an unrestricted free agent. They're going to be in it till about the trade deadline and they're not going to trade him <laughs> because they're going to try and make it take a- and they're going to lose the asset for nothing. Or panic sign him long-term to a contract he's not worth. That seems... R- which is exactly what happened <laughs> with Jeff Skinner. So they keep putting themselves in a position to get burned. They're going to get burned. So for me, I just simply hope that the Buffalo Sabres are able to trade him before they inevitably don't make the playoffs because they didn't improve their defense and they didn't improve in nets. Um, I think they laterally improved on offense, but they still have to re-sign restricted free agent Sam Reinhardt and they're running out of cap space. So... Impulse move, in my opinion, Uh, not something that's good for the long term of the franchise unless they trade Sam, uh, they have more trades to do. Um, But again, ultimately, uh, I think, you know, Taylor Hall is banking on himself.
0: I'm just I I understand you're you're completely logical on this, but I I just feel like I'm looking forward to at least seeing him and Jack Igel connect. That's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah, he's like, gonna yeah, that's, score that's, points. That's, that's exactly.
0: He's gonna get points. He's gonna, gonna get paid. He's gonna get points. Like, but like, I'm just. Yeah. you were talking about gifs before. I'm looking forward to all those gifs between icons. Oh,
1: yeah, is be gonna be great. great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What else we got?
2: Uh, we had Tyler Toffoli signing with Montreal for years. <laughs> yeah, so
1: when I saw that contract, I thought I was getting uh, fooled again by like the plethora of fake accounts <laughs> on Twitter. Um, and then Eva uh, got a notification on her phone that the Habs signed Tyler Tofole. And, yeah.
0: Yay!
1: Wow. It's just... I mean, that is ridiculous value for a player that's such a 5-on-5 driver and a good goal scorer and a right-handed shot. Like, I just... I think what happened, and and, and I'm not gloating because we're going to see the same thing happen with Hoffman or Dadunov or Granlund, is that the understricted free agent market for forwards was held up by Taylor Hall. Once Taylor Hall signed... More than 90% of the available money in the NHL was already accounted for. So there is 10% of cap to go around in the NHL and 25% of it belongs to Detroit and Ottawa. So the pickings were slim for any team that wanted to be in a competitive environment. And so Tyler Toffoli actually took a reduction in salary. He was making $4.6 million. Now he's making four point two five yeah. to play in Montreal. Um, I've never seen that in my life. This is hands down the best value signing the Canadians have made since since in terms of long term since Mike Camilleri or or Brian Gionda. It's been ten years since we've seen anything of this sort in Montreal. So I thought it was a fantastic signing. Um, it also gives Bergevin more leverage when it comes to negotiating a new contract with Brendan Gallagher because they now have Anderson. They now have Toffoli. If he he's no longer the unquestioned number one right wing he's got competition now right um so it takes away a little bit of leverage but i think what it also does is it shows the other veterans on the team that the canadians are serious about competing so i like this all around for all parties involved except for the vancouver canucks i don't understand we're, why they were not able to retain him at that salary
2: where look they lost him for for less than what he was making that's exactly. wow a that well, if you're vancouver fan second,
1: and madden tyler madden yeah. is a great
0: prospect it's a it, Lower than what he made in L. A. More lower than what he made it in Vancouver. Well, I mean, it's the same contract I, and, and, when he was yeah. In so, so that's a good point. That's true. But yeah. I, I, I but I, it's interesting to me that uh, he came out and said the Canucks showed little interest in him before he signed with the with the Habs. Mm-hmm. I, that seems like a weird thing to ha- to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I just I I was as confused as you were. I thought it was a joke.
0: Then I, then I <laughs> saw that the AAV was real and. No complaint. I, I went to bed. I, I didn't believe it. <laughs> just, just like not not real.
2: <laughs> look, it's as Marco said, one of the best value signing we did. So good for the Habs. Yeah. Dare we
0: say it? Bergevin is competent. Well, I mean, look, yeah, we can,
1: we can talk about this. We've, next we we we've been, we yeah, we'll what, talk about it. What this. teams are have definitely improved? What teams have regressed? And what teams have stagnated? Um, but yeah, I think it's very hard to look at this offseason and think that Montreal didn't get better. Uh, any others?
2: Yeah, well, our our last signing to wrap it up was uh, Alex Pietrangelo signing seven years in Vegas for eight point eight million dollars yep. AAV.
1: So the Stone Angel, is, as we call them in with my Italian folks, uh, Pietrangelo, <laughs> what a signing! Um, first of all, eight point eight. Thank you uh, Pietrangelo. That's a that's a great number right there. Um, seven years <laughs> with a full no-movement clause.
2: Yeah. That's, that's, that's a big uh, that's contract. Gonna that's
1: going to hurt a lot. So, I think I think it's a fantastic signing from an organizational perspective. Uh, I think that they were playing with five left defensemen uh, in the playoffs last year or the ones that just finished. So, they added their right-handed defensemen and I think it's I think it fits perfectly uh, in, in what they're trying to do. Um, I don't know about you, Adam. I think it was really, really good.
2: I mean, just just, just the thought of getting Peter Angelo and Theodore as your top two right Ds. I mean, Vegas is set now on defense, right?
0: Seriously, this makes them perennial contenders, right?
1: Uh, yes, Un- until they have to sign somebody else.
2: Yeah, that's a thing. So
1: they're, they're right up against the cap every year. They just spend ridiculously and then get stuck with Vegas case in point (laughs) was it necessary to give Marc-Andre Fleury that contract no No. now they're stuck with it
2: because they can't move him now I mean it's Fleury but for seven million he's not he's not moving they're stuck with him
1: yeah it's just uh, like I said it's he's gonna have to play it out and they're gonna have to find a desperate team later on but as of right now I, I don't
0: well, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. You've got a great player, and hopefully uh, good luck to your franchise. We'll see. Uh, so, actually, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we have like a couple minutes here left. Uh, there's a couple of things left on the thing, and I think one of you wanted to bring up, Marco, was Brendan Gallagher and uh, sort of the rumors that have sort of jumped out in this world. So, for specifically Brendan Gallagher, uh, he, I think it was leaked to the media that contract negotiations weren't going that well, which Marco provided a very astute observation. Marco, you want to share with the class? <laughs>
1: Um, so the one thing that I've been noticing a lot is agents kind of playing around with negotiations and utilizing members of the media to provide them with scoops, uh, quote unquote, to, um, ultimately give their client the most amount of leverage possible to extract a deal. Jerry Johansson, uh, was the agent of Sebastian Aho last summer. For those of you that don't remember, and he was actively outspoken about how, Slow the negotiation pace was going with Don Waddell for his client, uh, and ultimately sought out Marc Bergevin so that he could get an offer sheet for his client. Ultimately, it didn't work out for Marc Bergeret, but his client got what he wanted and he got what he wanted, which was the term and the AAV uh, that they were looking for. Fast forward now, you know, everything that Brendan Gallagher has said is that he doesn't care about money, it's, it's not really about that. Uh, he just wants a competitive team. The competitive team is here. If he signs, Montreal probably has the deepest right wing depth in the NHL. When two weeks ago, they probably had the worst right wing depth in the NHL. So I, I don't think that this is anything but posturing from Jerry Johansson. I think that he, the fact that he alerted Pierre Lebrun and Rick Dalawal, which are in Vancouver and Montreal, was meant to spark pressure on both the Vancouver Canucks who are looking for a top six forward and the Montreal Canadiens who desperately want to try and sign their heart and soul. He still has a year on his contract. I really don't think this is going to be a problem. I think we'll have a Brendan Gallagher signing within the next two to three months.
0: From your lips to the hockey god's ears. Uh, so let's uh, end this off with one positive note. We have an idea that potentially the start of the season will begin on January the 1st. But uh, Mark Zielinski over at the Star, uh, Toronto Star for those of you who are not local to Canada, but uh, he had an exclusive that basically found out that potentially they're looking to have the opening game on Lake Louise in Alberta in beautiful Banff and to have the host first match hosted on ice there. And I think if this happens... Wow, NHL! You have had a year of just fantastic PR moments. I don't know about you guys, but any outdoor shitty sounds like a good time. But specifically Lake Louise, woo!
2: Yeah, with the. I, uh, uh, I do want to.
1: Although I do agree, I think this is that's a great way. Uh, instead of being in a ridiculous stadium, I think it adds credence to their uh, NHL uh, EA Sports vibe that they've been doing. I do want to end the show with one thing. We have breaking news.
0: Um, oh boy. <laughs> the
1: Canadians have signed Jake Allen to a two year extension. Whoa! At a, uh, an average annual value of $2.8 million. So. Tell
0: me, Marco, so, how should I feel? How should
1: I feel? I mean, this is an expansion. <laughs> this is for the expansion draft. The Canadians yeah. need to expose a goaltender. They can't expose Caden Primo. They can't expose Carey Price. So they will be exposing Jake Allen. If Jake Allen is not taken, um, that's a pretty great salary for a backup goal. Are we looking at the, the same back tweet from
0: goal-tender. John Shannon? I guess, uh, yeah, makes oh, four. I'm,
1: I'm looking at the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, they actually have on the main Twitter? Yeah, Damn. yeah, yeah, yeah they, 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 they just tweeted it out. They broke it. Yeah, baby.
2: So, that's I pretty good, good value. This is
1: great, um, and I'm sure we'll touch on it a little bit more when we come back.
0: Well, there you go ladies and gentlemen. We're breaking the news even at the last second here right here on the Hockey Flow. I hope you enjoyed today's episode because I certainly did. So, of course, I want to make sure that you know that you can catch us on all major podcast platforms, but of course, if you want to go to the main portal, anchor.fm, that's where you can find us. You can also find the blog post with links to all of our stories and all the different things we cover at thehockeyflow.com That's where our website where we home base everything, so you can check out there. And of course, the two hosts, the most with the most, uh Marco Demica can be found at scrimmagestats.com and of course at the hockey expert and at a can be found on Twitter at ReallyAdamB. b. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm AJ Cordero. We'll catch you guys next week.